fucking insane that was austin godburn's edit of kakuki model do 34 being self-released very soon on his social medias so check that shit soon up next we got serenade followed by alucard being released on prime night culture very soon forthcoming check check
Yo, that short mini mix was just what I needed to hear. Yo, this is part one of Third Coast Bass Radio, season one, episode one. Up next, we're gonna have a little chat with Austin Godburn himself, and then we're gonna tie the reins over to my boy Kid Luna so he can throw shit up, you know what I mean? Yo, so that motherfucking mix we just listened to, that shit was insane. So we got Austin Godburn up in here. Man, that shit was sex. Let's talk about your tracks, man. Uh, thank you, man. I'm glad to be here. Uh, the first track is an edit I made of this Kaku P model track. This uh, Japanese producer, Susumi Hirasawa, has been a big uh, inspiration of mine. Uh, the track is from this album called Gypnoso, uh, which is just this crazy, uh, intense electronic album that he released in 2013. Uh, it was kind of the soundtrack to my life for like a year, I think. I just listen, put it in my car, listen to it on the way to everywhere. Nice. But the track goes hard, obviously, so I was just like, man, I have to you know, utilize this groove now that I have the projection chops to actually you know, make a track out of it. The second track, uh, Srednich, is this Hunter Hunter character. And if you don't know, Hunter Hunter is a manga by Yoshihiro Togashi. Uh, the same creator as Yu Yu Hakusho, you may be familiar. Lit. Sarednich <laughs> uh, is just this awfully sinister character who was recently introduced in the manga. So it's not in the anime adaptations at all. But the way that his character is portrayed is just so unique. Um, there's this thing called water divination in Hunter x Hunter, which is essentially showing what kind of... Uh, Nin user you are, and Nin and Hunter Hunter is kind of like Chakra and Naruto, okay. for example. But uh, he like puts his hands around this cup of water, and depending on what the object in the water does, it kind of shows which type of, which class of Nin user you are, and it just like turns into blood and guts and shit. It's, it's, it's just nasty. Like oh my god. <laughs> but Yoshihiro Tagashi has a. A tendency to just like blow your mind with subtle details like that and I kind of wanted to you know inject that into a track of mine I I think I may have you know got that character I don't know what do you think yo honestly that fucking track it it's gross it's disturbing <laughs> I imagine blood and guts when I think about that shit it's, it's very very unique thank you man Dallas Texas born right right yeah man Super fucking sick. So, your moniker, Austin Godburn. That's your name, right? Yeah, that is my name. What the fuck? I mean, not a lot of producers at all do that shit. I mean, like, 3% of the producer population wear masks. So you're just like, fuck all yeah, that. I'm going to be myself 100%. Let's talk about that. I've always been a firm believer of honest expression. That's a big fan of Bruce Lee in high school and college. I was really into his philosophy. Um, I actually got into his philosophy because of a binary star track called Honest Expression where they sampled an interview of his. But I felt like I would always want to honestly represent myself in my music so that I could be versatile as well. You know, not be using a gimmick what, that I would have to stick to throughout my career. Um, so, I mean, if you've heard my music at all, you know I produce a variety of genres like dream, ambient. I made a synthwave album 
Um, my first EP was like this random cyberpunk, you know, Harmer preset tracks. <laughs> wow. But um, yeah, I just feel like <laughs> my name should be versatile in that, especially since I make soundtrack-inspired music. Um, I want to be able to be commissioned through my name, so. Like, <clears throat> what other artists kind of, like, inspired you to do that, to be, like, you know, self-titled in a way? A lot of composers, uh, like Susumi Urizawa, like I mentioned earlier, a uh, huge inspiration of mine. He's, he's produced and collaborated on, like, I don't know, a thousand tracks in his career. It is insane. Uh, I kind of just want to follow his example. And Porter Robinson as well is an example where he just used his name and then he let the music speak for itself. Blew the fuck up for sure. And if he can do that, then you know I think I want to follow his example. I totally understand. So, <clears throat> as a as a local music producer here in Dallas, Texas, let's <clears throat> let's kind of jump a little bit into you know just your background as a as a person and musically trained artist. What's going on in that very I'm sure, thick storybook of yours. Uh, I suppose it is a thick story. Um, the events leading to me getting here are kind of unique. Uh, I went originally went to school after high school. I went to college for music education as a percussionist. Um, I kind of didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was very interested in a lot of things like psychology. Uh, engineering, concept art, which I think shows up a lot of my commissions in my album art. Yeah. Um, I was always a fan of uh, concept art for video games and such like that. But anyways, uh, when I got to college, you know, I just kind of did what everyone else did. No one really knew what they wanted to do, uh, especially as music education majors. Yeah. Uh, so... I just wanted to do music, and that was like the most direct path to continue, you know, what inspired me daily. Uh, eventually, I got into composition because I, I just really got tired of performing other people's music, and uh, I just didn't want to commit to practicing six hours a day for you know one one or two performances. So I wanted something that I could leave my fingerprint on that was more lasting, and that led me to the developing my own voice and composition early on. So, um, <clears throat> who kind of gave you that, you know, I don't know, did you have a master or a sensei that kind of led the way to drive you to become your own entity? I suppose in a lot of ways, uh, many professors you know, had a little bit of influence here and there, and it kind of amalgamated to that. But I think it was primarily just my own drive. Uh, I'm also a control freak, so I, I really want, you know, <laughs> my sound, you know, to be out there with, you know, no one else touching it. But uh, I had a lot of professors that I learned from. Uh, my theory professor, who just passed away recently, was a big inspiration. Oh, man. He, uh died at 83 years old. Oh. He'd been teaching pretty much his entire life, but just like subtle gems of knowledge that he dropped on us and me and my peers uh, helped a great deal. It's crazy. I use like simple concepts that he would talk about in 
literally everything I produce now. Like the balance of unity and variety, you know, creating contrast, use of form, uh, making sure tracks have continuity and such. It's always crazy how the collective unconscious always finds a way. Um, but I guess we're going to just kind of segue into some other things. Uh, the age-old question, we got to pander to all the producers listening out there because your shit's grimy as hell, man. Digging it really, really big. And when you opened up that project, I believe it was in uh, Fruity Loops, no? I mean... Yeah, USFL Studio. <laughs> fuck yeah. I mean, most people are going to be like, Ableton, but... You know, the question is, like, does it matter? In my opinion, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I've told people this before. I think it's a matter of workflow for each DAW. Say if you start a track in Ableton, you may not make the same exact choices that you would make in FL Studio or Reason or Logic or anything like that. Um, I think everyone, when they start a track, has this kind of rough idea of what they want a track to sound like and the different workflows kind of influence different tangents that you would take from there. Uh, we all use the same waveforms. Uh, I love saw waves, some people like square waves. Yeah. But you have the same tools to accomplish you know, the sounds you want to create. So I, I really don't think they're too different besides workflow. You heard that shit? Just fucking get out there and create some fucking art. So, <clears throat> This is Third Coast Bass Radio, where we feature Southern, you know, music producers. So, I'm sure you get a lot of influences from the East Coast and West Coast, but, like, just how is life in general as a Southern music producer in Dallas, Texas, no less? Well, I feel like Southern producers don't get nearly as much uh, attention as, say, like a West Coast bass producer. And for a good reason, you know, there's no real... Uh, long bass music scene that's been developed in the South as opposed to the West Coast. The West Coast has been developing for a long time. Uh, artists from Santa Cruz, like uh, Bass Nectar, Eprom, Glitch Mob, they all kind of were cultivating sounds that were unique in the area around the same time. Uh, there aren't many people in the South that you know have done the same thing, but the West Coast sound, I think, is very universal, and a lot of bass music producers draw from that, especially myself. Definitely, definitely. It's just always weird, you know, a lot of, uh, so much untapped talent I see just in the Dallas market that's just raw and waiting to be broadcasted to the world, and that's really just what we're here for. Um, <clears throat> I guess just one quick question, you know, if you could say anything to the potentially young and old, you know, music producers out there, if you could give them one piece of advice or say some advice that you could give yourself 10 years ago, you know, like, what would that be? I would say, it sounds cliche, but, you know, stick to your convictions. Uh, if, it, if a piece of music you find is inspiring to you, put that into your own, your own music because if you try to replicate something like jumping on a bandwagon, I feel like it's going to come off as uninspired and kind of forced. But if you stick to music that is core to your musical identity, for example, um, you know, the track I sampled in Alucard was from the Helsing Ultimate soundtrack, which I had listened to pretty much my entire life. 
Uh, Susumi Hirasawa, huge, huge influence. Uh, Yoshihiro Tagashi's Hunter Hunter, huge influence. He's not a musician, but you know those are all core components to my musical identity, and I've stuck with those, you know, through my producing, and I think it's worked well for me. So definitely stick to what you're inspired by and stay honest with your music. Stay honest with your music. Good intentions. You guys fucking heard it here. So, um, where can people potentially hear some other releases outside of this? Uh, I know you're about to self-release one of those tracks and you got a couple more tracks dropping on Prime. Um, let's talk about that. Let's get into, you know, your social medias, things like that. Uh, if you look up Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, obviously, YouTube. Just search my name. Uh, it'll be the first result. Uh, there aren't any other Austin Godburns, I don't think. I haven't Wait. found them yet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll but, fight uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got a... The second part to my Phantoms EP is going to release in December. It's an 8-track EP. I'm really hyped about it. Um, I think you guys will really like it if you enjoyed the first Phantoms EP. Fuck yeah. Alright guys, well you fucking heard it here first. Third Coast Base Radio. Be sure to follow us on fucking everything. Instagram, Spotify, whatever the fuck. Yo, we're gonna hand the reins over to my boy Luna. Y'all have a fucking good one, yeah? Peace.
All right, man. Um, I just want to get into it. Go ahead and get straight into it. Um, how did you get your name, man? Where did that come from? Okay. So last year I was in this relationship and this girl introduced me to an old friend, someone I had forgotten about. And he gave me a launch pad and I got really hard into music. So I started going by the Keezy and it was like, maybe I could get back into this and actually do what I wanted to do whenever I was with it so started going by that got a few shows got really big-headed about it really quick like my friends stopped calling me the keysian and they started calling me the yeezian so long story short with that the girl left me for my roommate who was also my music colleague oh wow um yeah it was it was crazy but while like in the process of dealing with that like the aftermath of all of that I stopped making music for a bit, stopped going by the keys and completely killed off their project and ended up staying at my aunt's house. And in that time, like I re like I started dealing with everything I was going through, through just making music, like personal songs for myself. And I started thinking, I took that time also to think about like what it was that I was doing that was wrong. Like what, what was some of the things I was doing that was wrong? One of the things that I myself came to on that was that, I like helping people, but I tend to have a very arrogant way of doing it. Like, it's kind of like, oh, I see you have this problem. Let me tell you exactly how you can fix it. Yeah, yeah. And it's, that's how I offer advice. That's how I, tend, that's how I, help, that's how I help people best. So it doesn't ever really translate. It never really translates well, but it's still something I'm working on. So I was like, oh, er, like arrogant healer. Um all right, I can't just say arrogant healer and go by that. I got to make this sound like a little cooler. So I got on Google Translate and started going through languages using the word Gomen here and got to the Japanese one and fell in love with the way it looked and the way it, 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 the way it was said. Yeah, that's understandable. That's understandable, man. Um, yeah. So this, this, um, this EP that you sent us, man, uh, over-processing... Um, did that have like, like any influence like with the name or just like direction, of like, what you're going for? Like, is, is it like something like when you show someone, it's like this is, me straight up me. This is the stuff that I want to produce and put out there to the world. Um, like, how did you go about that? How was that, man? Okay, so. Those songs on there were were initially not meant to be released. Yeah. Because they they were they were personal projects. I was using like I was using production as a means of therapy while also working on music for other people. And yeah, so I started working on each one of these individual tracks, and then started working on the start working on this cover art for it one day while I was just working on cover designs and like, I really fell in love with this one. And I, I, re I really fell in love with that one cover because it looks as if someone's drowning and I myself deathly terrified, terrified of the water. I nice. cannot swim, will not be taught how to swim. <laughs> so you so, wouldn't, you wouldn't be a water spirit for sure. No, no, definitely earth. Definitely earth. <laughs> but got the cover down and then went back through all my old songs as I was cleaning my laptop and found these songs like completely forgot about them found them 
And each one of them just made me smile and gave me the sense of relief a little bit more the deeper I listened to them. So I put the project together from that. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> nice. I really like <laughs> So, man, like, <clears throat> I see some of the influences on here. Like, is there some tricks that they've probably did in their music uh, history that you've kind of like came accustomed to or you that you use in like your own music today or just some of their music has just been influenced um by i'm saying is like has like has any of their things that they've created can can i see it like resonate in the music that you produce today oh yeah oh yeah um that's the sound of Flying Lotus's Los Angeles album. Just how how great how how crunchy it sounded. You can hear that all across it. Yeah, and it definitely has a warm feel to it. Mm-hmm. His and like that crunchiness and the warmth and polyrhythms. Like I find like a lot of these guys tend to use polyrhythms, and it's it's really hard. It, it, it was really hard at first trying to do that in the dark, but I was like, no, forget this. I'm, I'm going to get this down. Like, I'm going to figure this out. And so started doing, start playing around with just some, start playing around with some of my percussion and started putting them on, started using polyrhythms for the grooves for them and just started swinging them and layered that up with, layered it up with like that vinyl crunchiness and then just went to playing on top of it and was like, wow. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. Nice. Um, to wrap it up here, uh, let's go ahead and shoot some of your social media handles, man. Where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter at Goman Hero, Instagram at Goman Hero, Facebook at Goman Hero as well. Um, I have my beat store up. It's GomanHero.xyz. And then... Um, I would be handsome with the same name as well. Nice, nice, nice. Well, man, it was great talking to you, man. I love the EP, dude. It was crazy. Uh, it's definitely a vibe, man. A good fucking early morning to work. Something I can jam to. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here, man. Uh, when would that be coming out, by chance? not sure i'm still thinking about a date no problem man is it going to be self-released or are you going to be releasing it to a label um i still haven't decided that at the moment either i want to i want to try and push it to a label i feel like it could really do well under an experimental electronic label it's something i'm still looking into no sweat no sweat man no sweat well man i'm glad to have you on uh, episode one man this is uh third coast based radio um and we're out.